want to move on to another Bears topic. Kind of touched on it last segment, but we're going to talk about it here again, and I'd love your opinion on this, so please comment. What are the Bears' expectations for 2023? What are some realistic expectations for this team come next year? I've heard people say six wins. I've heard people say, oh, Ryan Poles said it's going to be another lower year, another rebuilding type year, and we should give them more time. I call BS on that. I call BS on the whole thing. If the Bears are not contending for a playoff spot next year, it is a complete and utter failure. Complete failure. And I'm not afraid to say that. And you can quote me on this, and you can blow it up and trash me. It doesn't matter. If the Bears are not near or contending or in the playoffs in 2023, Ryan Poles should probably be fired. And you will not convince me otherwise in that opinion. Explain to me how somebody with $120 million in cap space, a big-time QB, as everybody says, and Justin Fields, and the number one overall draft pick should be 6-11, 6-12, or 5-12. is that okay? How should we accept that? How should we say, oh, that's fine. Makes sense, right? This is a golden opportunity for the Bears. This is a generational opportunity. Not a golden opportunity, a generational opportunity. When's the last time the Bears had the number one overall pick? 1947. 1947, black and white TV, no TV in the house. That was probably a nickel. It is time for the Bears to win next year. 9-8, 10-7, they should be contending. And if you say no, or if somebody tells you, eh, five or six wins, and they're a shill, and they're in this for the Bears, and they're really supporting Ryan Poles, they're not telling you the truth. I've heard people on major radio stations nationally, locally say six or seven wins, five or six wins. It's another rebuilding year. Stop cutting them slack. It's time to produce. It's time to win. Why are we being so patient for somebody who finally has all the right pieces? The whole thing throughout time has been, they've never had the right situation. For quarterbacks, for GMs, for head coaches on this Bears team, everybody rushes to make an excuse for people. There are no more excuses. You cannot make any here. Number one overall pick, tons of money. Good enough to be, according to everybody. It's time to produce. Bears fans sat through and up this year. Bears fans watched their team become the worst team in the NFL, literally. I said it wouldn't happen. I actually put more faith in this team than the experts did. I put more faith in this team than the experts did. I went out on my edge on a limb and said, no, they wouldn't be the worst, and they were the worst. And I do apologize. There is no more, well, we'll see, well, there needs to be time, well, Ryan Poles doesn't have a good enough situation. That was the whole thing before. Right? Ryan Poles came here and the Bears started sucking. They spent no money. Oh, well, it's a bad situation. And yeah, it was. Not anymore. He created a good situation. To his credit. So he knows what he's doing. And that's the good thing. We know he's capable of good things for this team. And that's the exciting part. But the scary part is still this. 
Get it right. Get it right. What are you going to do? How will you direct this team to being a contender? So I encourage all of you who are Bears fans, NFC North fans, NFL fans, when you follow the Bears in 2023, you better be asking the tough questions. I will be. We will be here. We're going to be wondering why everything happened, good or bad. You should be too. Bears fans, to their credit, but also to their dismay, are always so in love with the people that are brought in. Everybody loved Lovey Smith. Everybody loved Mark Trestman. Everybody loved Matt Nagy. Not everybody loved John Fox, to their credit. But everybody loved everybody. Jerry Angelo, Phil Embry, Ryan Pace. My gosh. Ryan Poles. Quarterbacks. Justin Fields. Mitch Trubisky. Tate McNown. Rex Grossman. Brian Greasy. Kyle Orton. Jay Cutler. Everybody loves everybody. But yet nobody produces. We all love everybody. This guy's great. This guy's good. This guy we can defend. Oh, we didn't have this. He didn't have that. There's no more of it now. Results only. I said this about the Bulls a couple of years ago. And they had Jim Boylan and that whole disaster of a front office, Garpax, that whole thing. And I said, where are the results? And then they gave Jim Boylan a contract extension. I said, where are the results? We are paying people to be mediocre. We are rewarding mediocrity. And Bears fans for years have been doing the same thing. It's time everybody takes a stand and says, you know what? We're tired of this BS, but also we need to see results. We need to know how good this team is. Cordell Stewart. Yes, Cordell Stewart another. And Cordell Stewart was a good QB, but not when the Bears, not when he came here. His career was over. It's time everybody wakes up and says enough is enough. It's time everybody says there are no more excuses. There's no more BS. There's no more, well, he didn't have this or that, and that's why it failed. No. There's no more excuse for failure. There's no more excuse for mediocrity. There's no more excuse for, well, they tried, but they didn't make it. Again, it's like Jim Boylan, right? He's really working them hard. And the Bulls lost 60 games. (laughs) No wonder why he was fired. Zach Levine didn't want anything to do with that. How can you say, how can you work your players so hard and then have them respond to a 60-loss season, right? Same thing here. The Bears have, to their credit, instilled a culture in this team. This team is ready for next year. They somehow, some way, again, to their credit, gotten rid of the whole Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace influence that was tearing apart this team and tearing apart the fan base. They've done a good job at getting away from that and being excited and making this team understand what's to come and having everybody buy into an idea that, hey, we're going to tank this year and be better next year. Now it's time to deliver. Now it's time to do it. So I'm issuing a challenge to Ryan Poles and company. And I don't think this is controversial. This isn't a mean challenge or malicious. It's just the truth and the fact of the matter. I'm issuing a challenge. Be 10 and 7 next year. Make the wild card spot. Make it. You could lose week one. I don't care. You could lose on super wild card weekend. That's fine. But make it in. And the Bears in 2020, with three different quarterbacks, made the playoffs. 
with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles and Chase Daniel was still there even. They were 8-8, eight and eight, made the playoffs, and actually had a chance and almost did beat the Saints. They almost did it in 2020. Why can't they do it this year with the number one overall pick, Justin Fields, and $120 million in cap space? There's no excuse. Had Matt Nagy, had Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, Mitch Trubisky, an 8-8 eight eight team, and they actually almost beat the Saints just a couple of years ago. Now you've got tons of money, a quote-unquote better QB, right? Money to spend, number one pick. You cannot justify to me six or seven wins. Right? You cannot trust about me. Oh, maybe they'll get a little bit better, but they won't be there yet. No, they should be there. They should be at a 10-win season. They should be contending, if not making, the last wild card spot in the NFC. If 9-8 and eight was enough to make it this year for Seattle, then 9-8 and eight or 10-7 and seven will make it next year. The Bears should be there. The Bears should 100% be there. And I'm sick of just the, for lack of a better term, ball washing of Ryan Poles and of this entire Bears operation. Stop setting your expectations down to the ground. Shoot for the stars. And this isn't even shooting for the stars. Any other GM, any other team with this sort of situation would be aiming for the playoffs, would be aiming for the postseason. Cubs did it in 2015. They did. Tons of money, top draft pick still, because they sucked in 2014. Drafted Chris Bryant, signed John Lester, won 97 games. Made it to the NLCS, lost, okay, fine. Next year, World Series. The Bears should be following the Eagles' path. Eagles, 2021, 9-7, 9-8, I'll barely make it in. They get bounced by Tampa Bay, fine, who cares? Next year, well, now they're in the NFC Championship game. This is where the Bears should be going. And 10 wins is not unrealistic or impossible for this Bears team. So next time somebody tells you, I expect six or seven wins, tell them they're full of crap. And tell them that they might be a Ryan Paul shill. This Bears team should be good. And when you have this sort of situation, when you have this sort of momentum, from fans, from players, from personnel, and then you have the money and, and the, the resources to back it up. There is no reason why they should be any worse than at least eight wins, maybe eight and nine even. I could accept eight and nine, but I can't accept seven and ten or anything worse on that front. Take a look at some of your comments. Dan Tana. Dan, last first-round pick was 1947, and my football number was 47. This is meant to be greatness to come in 2023, Dan, appreciate the donation as well. Dan Tana, good friend of the program, always hanging out with us. Appreciate the comment and the donation. 1947, the Bears' last first overall pick. And now they're here. This is why I said it's not even a golden opportunity. It's not, oh, this is great. It's a generational opportunity. I sure as hell wasn't alive in 1947. Well, is anybody even here right now watching were they alive in 1947? This is the first time many of us are ever seeing the Bears have that number one overall pick. That's exciting. That's great. It's generational, not golden. 
There's a difference. When they say somebody's a generational talent once in a lifetime, Michael Jordan, generational talent. This is a generational opportunity. A generational opportunity for this Bears team, and they got to do a good job here and understand how they're going to approach the situation. That's why I said, hey, 9-10 wins, they should be there. Last wild card spot, they should be there. It would really make sense that they do it. King Pookie Nation, I hope I'm still here when they open the stadium. That's right, opening the new stadium. Uh, Kevin Warren, new president hired by the Bears, and a lot of talk is about that right now. Will the Bears do the Arlington Heights deal? I know Chicago put out a press release and a video claiming what they would do to Soldier Field to improve it. My take, too little too late. This is a great thing for the Bears. Whether purists like it or not, this is awesome. And every team these days is not playing in their home city. Newsflash, New York Jets, New York Giants play New Jersey. Los Angeles Chargers, Los Angeles Rams play in Inglewood. They played in Carson before. Those days are over. Fans and teams want to be able to have tons of land, control it, and manage it themselves. The Chicago Park District has done a horrible job at managing Soldier Field. And now at this point, the Bears are in a position where they can move. You know, Kevin Warren was the COO of the Minnesota Vikings in the early to mid-2010s. They have a new stadium now. Who do you think did that? Who do you think made sure that happened? Kevin Warren went to the Big Ten. Who do you think made UCLA and USC come to the Big Ten? Who do you think put the Big Ten in primetime on NBC starting this year? Kevin Warren. They brought in a great businessman, a great leader, Somebody who knows his stuff, somebody who's been around the game so much, and somebody who, as an executive, key, knows how to get things done. Doesn't sit on his hands like Ted Phillips, who's been with the team since 1999. Everybody, I think, should be rejoicing no matter what that Ted Phillips is gone. So this is great news for the Bears, and this is something that's very exciting. And I appreciate the comment there, King Pookie Nation, because it's so true. This new stadium, and even this new president, is going to bring in... So much more for the Bears and so many more opportunities. And with his experience and with his resume and with what we know, what he's done, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Bears fan, I have to say. New GM, new head coach, new quarterback, new president, top overall pick, 120-plus million in cap space. That's why I say it's generational, not even golden. It's a generational opportunity. When's the last time the Bears had so much going for them? Like this. When's the last time any team in any professional sport in North America has had all this going for them? In this succession, in this order, it's really unbelievable when you think about it. New president, new head coach, new GM, new quarterback, so much money to spend, top overall pick. This is probably the most exciting time in Bears history. No other time in this team's history, which is over 100 years old, founding member of the NFL, no other time has it been this exciting. No other time has it been this monumental and momentous heading into the new year. That's why I say, can't screw it up. There's a lot of time to go. There's a lot going on, and... For this Bears team, they really they can't get it wrong. And if they do, then that goes to show you that everything they've done 
All the people they brought in are incapable of doing their jobs. They're incompetent. And it goes back to the many others who've done the same thing and made the same mistakes. I just hope for the best, but I think if you're a Bears fan again, this is exciting. And for anybody who asks you about this team or what's to come or how things are going, I would really say, hey, this is the greatest opportunity the Bears have had ever in their entire history. This is it. We are watching it. We are living it. We are seeing history before our eyes. It's exciting. I just hope they do things the right way. Make a big impact come next year.